This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. I'm beginning a, a series of podcasts featuring candidates for Fisher City Council. Um, featuring Cecilia Coble in this podcast. She's a candidate for re-election to an at-large seat on the council. I want to welcome uh, Mike Fossil, who was a retired teacher at Fisher's Junior High School, uh, winner national uh, award winner for his We the People uh, teams on, on several occasions. Mike has kindly agreed to join me in these podcasts. Uh, and by the way, welcome and uh, congratulations on being a new grandfather. Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's actually my biggest achievement, I think. I would say I would agree with that <laughs> myself, too. So, uh, Cecilia, welcome. Great to have you with us uh, again. You've been on podcasts before. Uh, I, my first question really is this. I mean, you served on this council uh, ever since Fishers became a city in 2015. So what uh, entered into your decision to go for another term? Wow, I cannot believe how time flies. And thank you for having me, Larry. It's always a pleasure to to be with you. And when I look back, it's like, wow, what, what has uh, transformed here in Fishers from the time we became, we were a town to a city, and the success that we've had as a community with uh, being ranked one of the best places to live, one of the safest cities, um, just the growth that we've had in terms of the success of, uh, uh, you know, championing entrepreneurship with the Launch Fishers and the IoT Lab, with the life life science hubs coming here, a life science hub being established with global companies coming here to our community and and providing jobs, high-paying jobs, uh, all of this that we did not have, you know, nine years ago. So I want to continue with the success that we've had here in Fishers. As you know, I'm also uh, a special needs mom, and since I got elected, I've been serving as the co-chair of the Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability. It was started as more of a grassroots and it got codified two years ago in, in an ordinance by the city council. And through those efforts that I've helped to lead, uh, we are getting recognized by the state for the initiatives that we're doing here to help the quality of life of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And that is huge here in Fishers, and do, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of those accomplishments. And I do plan to ask about that a little more in a moment, but I want to ask uh, one other question before I turn this over to Mike. On September 14th, the credit rating agency, S&P, did lower the city's credit rating from AAA to AA+, which is one notch down, on the debt that's backed by property taxes, which is the biggest debt, the debt, uh, the general obligation bonds, sometimes called go bonds. Uh, the city has has taken on a great deal of debt recently. I mean, there's been a lot of advances, but that does come with a lot of debt. The new community center, uh, the event center, the sewer system that was purchased, of course, the city hall art center under construction right now. There is additional amount of debt that was cited by the S&P analysts as a reason for the downgrade, the amount of, of debt that the city has chosen to take on. Uh, what is your reaction uh, to this? Sure, and it's still an exceptional credit rating. I mean, to have a double A plus rating, it, it's less than 2% of municipalities have that type of, of credit rating. And look, we, we have invested a lot in, in our community right now for quality of life projects. And we're we're getting we're reaching a point where we're now gonna be a, a city that's a more mature city and you know, so we, we are in a great place financially, 
And we have record cash reserves. We have one of the lowest city tax rates of, of the 30 cities comparable to our size and, and one of the lowest in, in Hamilton County. There's a lot, lot to be proud of. And, uh, you know, we, we've done a lot to help our community in terms of adding another fire station, which was needed. Um, this new government and cultural center and the event center, these are things that are going to enhance the quality of life of people here in, in our community. Uh, the arts, the people involved in arts have been wanting a, a space to provide the um, avenue to showcase the talents of artists in our community, exhibits, programming, art classes. I mean, all this helps in the quality of life of, of the people here in, in our city. Um, the event center space is, is going to be something that will be very great for our community as well. It was something that the residents wanted when we, we did a survey. And, and of course, uh, what I'm also proud of is that they've, they've set aside, the city has partnered with Outside the Box, and they've set aside some space for the day program to be included there that will help people with intellectual and physical disabilities. They'll, they'll be able to recreate, um, have employment, work inside the facility, socialize. And it's wonderful because we don't we didn't have a day program for adults with disabilities in our city. And so I'm really proud of, of those efforts. And I'll turn this over to Mike Fossil for the next question. Yeah, Cecilia, I've, I've always, I've just finished reading uh, Thomas Paine's Rights of Man. And there was a line in there where he talks about how enlightened individuals join into state legislatures out of this idea to serve. And I'm always curious talking to people who uh, are running for office, where did that drive come from? What, what was the catalyst for you to decide I want to enter into the fray in order to change the community. When did that start for you? Well, it, it started since I was growing up. It, I've always been a leader in my schools growing up. I was on student council. As I went into adulthood, I've always served the community. I served on the Christopher House Guild in Junior League when my daughter was diagnosed with autism. I helped with an autism support group, a national autism support group as the chapter coordinator of the Autism Community in Action, TACA. I've always been a person that wanted to give back. I, I, I come from a family of humble beginnings, and I always have felt, and, and I grew up, that um, people should give back to their community to serve, especially if you have the time talent and treasure and I've I've had that time right now in the last nine years to devote to city council. I I spend my time pretty much full time in this position. I serve on a lot of committees. Uh, again, one of the reasons I ran is because I wanted to be the voice of the disability community mm -hmm. because that is an underserved group that in the past, hasn't really had, had a voice at the national and state level. And I thought there's an opportunity here as we, as we develop into a city, as we evolve with, with opportunities for more employment, housing, social opportunities. And, and you can see what's been done here. And I'm really proud of that because of my daughter and, and families like mine 
Uh, we worry about our, our kids as they get older and into adulthood. We want them to be doing something meaningful. We want them to be part of the community. And so that's something special. In mm-hmm. addition to my council work, uh, that is something I dedicate a lot of time to. If I can follow up on that, because, uh, and I don't want to mention this, because you you began the advisory committee for disabilities uh, in the, the ta- as the city officials, uh, when we became a city, but it was, I think, a very big uh, moment when you and, the, and your fellow councilors and the mayor came together and formalized that committee. That was something you did in, with a few other people. Now that that has been... Uh, memorialized in city ordinance, once Scott Fadness moves on to something else and you move on to something else, that committee will continue on. Yes, and I'm really proud of that. That was really important. And when we first became a city and I got elected and I sat down with the mayor, you know, he, of course, um, didn't know anything about disabilities. He said, Cecilia, he says, I don't don't know anyone with a disability that I know of. Um, I don't have a family member with disabilities, um, but it, it touched home for me. My my mother-in-law um, had a massive stroke when I was first running for office, when I was seeking to, to uh, serve on the city council initially in 2014. And she, uh, she is now using a wheelchair she needs. Um, nurse nursing care and I you know I've seen um, what has happened to her and and some of the challenges even going even going into restaurants going into buildings when things aren't accessible and so I've learned a lot and and what I encourage people to do I was just at a conference yesterday with disability advocates is that we need to have that open dialogue and, and share our stories so that people understand and realize um, some of the challenges we have and, and, and how can we work together to, to make things better. And that's what's amazing because um, if, if you've never had that experience of, of knowing someone with a disability or caring for someone with a disability, you don't understand that there could be challenges just navigating through life. And every day through this group, we're, we're learning, we're trying to make things better for, for people and visitors here in our community. Well, I think as, as our parents age, I mean, my, my mother lived to be 92, Jane's mother lived to my wife, uh, her mother lived to be 92, her dad's still around at age 90. So, you know, these, these disabilities are going to impact people as they age. Just, and, and you mentioned just getting around can become a challenge where it wasn't before. Mike. Cecilia, uh, it, for those of us, uh, Larry and I both lived in Fishers for over 30 years. And so we still see kind of the remnants of the kind of like the unincorporated areas of Fishers. So it sometimes is disconcerting for people like on Promise Road, you can come out of Anderson Hall and Sedona Woods and you cannot walk on a sidewalk down to Fishers High School, which is half a mile away. Uh there has been so much growth in our city that has been done so very well, but these unincorporated areas make it difficult sometimes to do simple things like ride a bike because they're unincorporated. And I know the state legislature has kind of boxed cities in on 
this type of stuff. But has there been much discussion or do you have an opinion on what we should do in order to try to get sidewalk access throughout all of these sometimes older neighborhoods, 136, 126th Street, to actually make it so that you can walk or ride a bike down these roads without – because I hate watching kids riding bikes on these narrow 19-foot-wide roads. Right, right. I've I've often heard uh, Fisher sometimes uh, being referenced to uh, the Swiss cheese mm-hmm. because we do have holes and areas that are unincorporated, and it, and it is kind of interesting how we we have that. So not not everyone is technically part of the city. And uh, so we're trying to close those gaps. Every year there, there is a plan that we have, a, a trail and connectivity plan, and we're trying to close those gaps. And, and as things develop, we're, we're trying to provide that, that connectivity and, and add that infrastructure, the, the sidewalks or the trails. So there is a plan, and it's, it's eventually, uh, hopefully, at some point, all connect. Um, the city does a great job of also uh, applying for grants to match city dollars with grant money for some of these projects and 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 take advantage of of that because um, you know we we want people to have that connectivity but there there are there are challenges and there there are ways in which we can hopefully bring those gaps and 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 make things better uh, but it, it's going to take some time and and you see it but it's 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 happening. At um, there's a plan and there's a rate, but you know, you can't just uh, go up to to a home and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take your land," or we're going to uh, you know, it, people. Many of those people have been living there way back when 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 the Fishers was a town. When you know, so so we're cognizant of that. You know, so so we work with residents. We. We work with uh, developers, and 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 like I said, if people are interested, we have um, a trail and connectivity plan on the website where you can kind of see what where the future is. We plan that out and kind of look ahead to see where where we might have opportunities to continue to build and connect trails, sidewalks. Um, along those unincorporated areas. I know Delaware Township is partnering with the city on 131st Street near their township uh, headquarters to put in some side excuse me <clears throat> to put in some sidewalks there where people are walking in the street to get to the trail, for example. I want to move to another question. Um, Fishers, uh, Mike and I have lived here more than 30 years. Uh, we've certainly seen it has become a much more diverse city with the large growth in population. With that, coming with that diversity, how would you describe the state of race relations in, in Fishers? Well, I'm I'm proud to say that I, I was the first Latina that got elected uh, nine years ago. A, a lot of people may not realize that I, I come from uh, Mexican descent, um, mother that, that immigrated here um, legally, um, you know, many, many years ago with her family. And so I'm really proud of that. And I'll tell you more and more every day, I, I'm walking, I'm driving by and I see the diversity of our city. We, we do, we have 
um, an Indian community. We have a, a very pretty large Latino and Hispanic community. We we have a Sikh community, a Muslim community. I mean, it, it is rich in diversity. What, what I'm wanting to do and I would like to see moving forward is for us to have more cultural events that celebrate the diversity of our of our community. Um, I'm hoping that we can we can do that because I think it's important. Again, it's like to learn about people's culture, about their religion, about their background, their food, their their music. It's important, and and sometimes we don't we've never met a Muslim person or a Hispanic person. So it's through communications, it's through exposure, it's through talking. You you learn so much about the beauty of what makes our our country and our city great, the, the diversity and richness of our history and people. Well, uh, you and Crystal Newman are of different political parties, but you've worked together on this in, I, on many occasions. Absolutely. And, uh, she she is a, a pleasure to work with and has always been so uh, kind and, and says, you know, Cecilia, you, you've been my inspiration and, and I'm it's it's nice. It's nice to hear that because I I am a person, I'm a leader that encourages everyone. I meet people every day. I sit down and have coffee with people. I take meetings, I take calls. And when I meet people and I and I see what kind of talents and interests that they have, I'm always a person that encourages people to get involved in our community. And I and I I do try to encourage them to look at the academies that we have, the citizens' academies, police, fire. Uh, if there's uh, some committees, I, I do all the time to try to find the right candidate, the right person to serve and be a part and engaged in our community. Cecilia, that, that just segues into it. We we have kind of watched in these last really decade this increased polarization that's happened. And Fishers has not been immune to that. You, you I, I get inundated with – Ad campaigns and – I mean ad campaigns have always been bad. But you see this polarization occurring not only in our country but in Fishers. As a member of the city council, like how do you kind of work to bridge that so that you can kind of bring these two growing extremes back to the middle, the, like to focus into the middle – which I think is critical for success of any municipality that that you can get people to kind of pull in the same direction. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you bridge that? Well, like I was saying, uh, me personally, I I I do my very best again, uh, constantly trying to connect people. If I hear of something going on, I can I make the connection to say, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's let me connect you with the leaders in that area so we can talk about safety and we can talk about what's going on in the community. Um, one of the things you know I've been doing uh, this month is National Hispanic Heritage Month, and we're doing next week a a breakfast with the mayor and we've invited Hispanic business owners and Hispanic residents. We're, we're, we're actively engaging and that that's what I'm trying to do. I, I, I work behind the scenes. You may not, you know, see me, I'm not a big social media poster, but you know, a person that posts things, but I'm, I'm putting my head down and, and doing the work. And, and I, 
I'm a a leader that just gets the work done, and and I I don't always I'm not always out there touting everything. I'm I'm, I'm more of a person that stands with the results of my work, but that that's just one example of how we're we're trying to engage a a, a group of of citizens of of community members here to talk about uh, the how the Hispanic community can get more involved in our in our city government, learn more about what's available, what our what we have to offer our our residents, how they can get involved, how can they serve learn more about the the ins and outs of city government. So those are ways in which I personally am am trying to do and I'm trying to do that with every with every group with 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 all our community. Um I just I just need to be aware and sometimes we're not always aware or know what's going on, but it's important to me to know what's going on and what and what's happening in our community, but as I talk to people, I would say the majority of the people that I speak to are really happy here. Um, most most people in Fishers are dual working parents. They're working hard. They're trying to take their kids to activities, trying to balance work and family. And I'm in charge of, of making sure that uh, their day to day is not impacted. You know that they live in a community where they feel safe, where where it's a community where um, people want to live. And come here and work here and raise a family and be with grandkids. And so I'm proud of the things that I've personally done in the last nine years. And, and I hope to, to get elected um, for another four. Let me turn to something you already mentioned, economic development. Uh, it's been a centerpiece of the growth here in Fishers. But I've, I've looked at some growing industries, computer chips, for example. That's just one example. There are many of them. I've been reading in the media generally that a lot of the corporations and businesses who are looking to locate in particular places are becoming much more aggressive about demanding incentives, both from state and, and local governments, to place a, a facility in a particular place. With that in mind, how well do you think Fishers is positioned to compete in that environment we're in a wonderful position i mean the 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 facts speak for themselves uh the um andretti project the the global life science companies that are coming here from all over the world i mean we we are competing not only in a at a national level but at a global level and fishers is now becoming known globally for what we have to offer here and i'm really really proud and uh, when companies come, the the economic development team they they look to see you know what are these companies offering uh, to our community and a lot of these companies they they want to be a part of our community they want to serve and help and give back and they see what we have created here amenities a safe place to live one of the top cities in the country and so we are we're there we're on their radar right and i think we're in a great position to attract even more companies that might want to come to our community and be a part of our business culture cecilia if you know you you're running for officer four more years if you had to say these are like the three things that I'm going to make a priority for me. What three specific things would you say in my next four years, I'd like to see these three things happen? What would that three-thing list look like for you? 
Wow. Well, there's a lot. I, I just say continue in the success that we've had. Continue to be one of the best cities in the country, one of the safest. Continue to provide this quality of life uh, for people here in our community with with the jobs that we're bringing, with the amenities that we have. And then, and then the disability initiatives. There's still a lot of things to be done. We're, we're looking at more housing options, more employment opportunities. There's still a lot to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. And so I want to build on the success that we've had here and continue to work hard to, to ensure that um, everyone's living their best life here in Fishers. You know, I was covering the town of Fishers in 2013 when the proposal came forward to have one company do the trash collection for the entire town. Uh, David Giffel, one of the members of the city council, recently suggested that the city look into contracting with one company to do all the trash collection to reduce the costs for people. And I remember in 2013, many people in the community pushed hard against that. You heard that from Pete Peterson because he was there at the time. You know, Mayor Fadness was the town manager at the time, and the town just abandoned it with the amount of uh, opposition there was to that proposal. Yet it was pretty clear that residents would save a great deal of money had the town then or the city now would decide to do that. Just hearing what you've heard so far, where, where do you come down on this whole issue of should uh, the city contract with one company to do trash collection to reduce the cost? Right. Well, it looks like things have changed in, in certain neighborhoods in particular. I'm not sure it's all neighborhoods, but but there are residents that I've heard from from certain neighborhoods where they are not happy with how things are going. And I don't like that because that's a reflection. Again, you know, we want efficient and effective services. That's that's what I want in our city, effective and efficient services. So I want to get to the bottom of this. I, I think there's going to be a work study on this, and I want to get more details to see, you know, is this only affecting certain certain neighborhoods or is this a, a citywide situation? Uh, I know people have asked me about a leaf collection there's a lot of leaves in the fall and, you know, how can we maybe do a better job uh, environmentally with collecting our, our leaves? So I, I brought that up at our city council meeting. I think that that would be something good, uh, maybe up upping our recycling efforts as well. Uh, but uh, I'm interested to learn more about what's really going on and, and who's affected, um, because I think the more information you have to gather you, you have a better understanding of, of what the real issue is, and, and hopefully we can tackle uh, this issue and, and figure out what's the next step. And I have no doubt that in Fishers, we're, we're going to figure this out. So more to come. One more question, Mike. Okay. I, Mayor Fadness had tweeted out the, a poll in the springtime, and it basically showed this gigantic drop in the amount of people out there that saw community involvement as being important. And, and it kind of harkens, it starts in 1998 and it was basically up until 2022, 2023. And for an old civics teacher like me, this, this, terrible drop down to 27% of the people say civic involvement is important. Uh, how do you combat that? 
How do you re-energize a community of over 100,000 and nationwide to make people have a desire to be involved in the community? Well, and, and to this... Um to this tweet and and to this information, it is it, it is um, disheartening that that's happened uh, because you know community involvement is so important and isolation is really bad right now and I think we need to do a more to engage the community to get more involved to be more social, to get out and meet other people. But I think their efforts are, are happening here in Fishers. We had Club Day the other day where, you know, at the at the um, farmer's market where they had different clubs that w- they came out. That, that was great. I, I thought that was a great idea to help engage the community. The city does a good job of, of posting. I try to post all those opportunities for for the community to get involved in, in the academies that we have, the Citizens Academy, Fire Academy, different events that we're, we're doing. You know, on a given day, there's something going on here, and there is so much to offer our residents. And so moving forward, I know the mayor uh, has talked at the State of the City at the One Zone Chamber Luncheon that isolation is something that we're, we're wanting to tackle moving forward in these next four years. And and I know that uh, there is a lot of isolation, a lot of people that uh, don't know that, they, that we have things here, and we do. And so I think we're, we're trying to make big effort to promote those things. And like I said, we're having this event next week and we're going to be sharing about all these things where people can get involved. When I talk to people on a daily basis, I'm encouraging people. I, I, I'm going door to door right now and there's people that I meet that said, I just moved here from XYZ and I don't know anybody. Well, do you know about Newcomers Club? Do you know I'm you know, do you know about this, a Citizens Academy? You know, so I think every leader needs to be sharing what's available. And the city, again, is is trying to make big efforts into encouraging people to get involved and know what's going on in the community. The This is Fisher's um, blog that they have, you know, has like calendar events. So I'm always open for ideas. That's one thing I, I, I want to hear from the community in terms of ideas of, of what they think would help to get people more motivated to get involved. You know, we are we are a busy community. Like I said, a lot of us are, are dual income working families, um, with a lot of things that we're trying to do, raise our kids, take them to their activities. So sometimes we don't always have the time also to devote to civic opportunities or to get more involved in our community. But what I have found that even just a little bit of time makes a difference. You you really start to um, feel like you're more part, more of a part of the community itself and, and, I hope that more people will, will want to get engaged and, and learn more about what we're doing here in Fishers. Well, we are out of time, so I always like to give a, anyone running for office to give me a minute or so. Why should voters vote for Cecilia Coble for another term as an at-large city council member in Fishers? 
Yeah, so I'm a proven leader here in the last nine years, and I've helped to make Fishers one of the best cities, one of the safest cities in our country, one of the lowest tax rates, and one city that's working really hard to advance the quality of life of people with disabilities, which I champion. All those things are what makes Fisher special, and I want to continue in that success. So I'd appreciate everyone's vote on November 7th. Cecilia Colbel, thank you so much for your time. Mike Fossil, thank you as well. Thank you.